the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 403. Uh, now, two guests today, Sophie Maloney, Sky TV. Welcome along, Sophie. Thank you, Paul. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. And Beard Lu, who's uh, just come back from uh, from China. Yeah, yeah. It's my first time here, and thank you, Paul, to have me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's great to have you both on the show. Um, Sophie, maybe you could just fill guests in sort of where you fit into the big wide world of Sky, because uh, there's... There's a, you know, I guess it's fair to say a reasonable number of people in, in uh, at Sky TV here, and lots of different roles. But what's what's your role? So look, my role is general counsel. That means that I'm the lead lawyer for the company, trying to protect them and protect and serve. I like to say, um, and yeah, there are over a thousand employees at Sky TV. Um, I joined in January this year, having been away um, in the UK and the Middle East for close to 19 years. So with Sky UK, first of all, and then we moved to the Middle East, got to launch a news channel, did some, had some fun over there. And I was previously with OSN, which is another pay TV company based out of Dubai. Um, and a key part of my role there was uh, content protection. Okay. So, you know, the opportunity to bring our boys home and the Sky role was something I couldn't stand in the way of. And, you know, we're really excited to be back. It's obviously a challenging time in the media landscape. So for me, it was a great time to get back and be part of the Sky team. That's great. Well, thank you for uh, for joining the show. Looking forward to diving in and, and chatting a bit more about what's happening in the in the Sky world during the cool. show. And and Bear, we uh, we just met up. Uh, would have been probably a, a couple of months ago. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I've, I noticed that you've been podcasting in uh, China, and then you've yeah. moved to uh, New Zealand and working in the tech world here. Mm-hmm. Um, what what else should we know about you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hi guys, my name is Bear Bear Liu, and uh, uh, as Paul said, I'm a podcaster. Uh, which is challenging, but I found moving to a new country is, is more challenge, uh, more challenge than that. So um, uh, I moved to New, new Zealand two, uh, two, two years ago with my family. I used to be a, a UX and user, uh, UI designer in China, uh, which involves a lot of uh, iOS apps developing. Uh, program. So, uh, but now I I work for um, a health supplement and beauty e-commerce company in in New Zealand uh, and uh, in charge of marketing. So, uh, which is a totally different career path. So, yeah, it's uh, it's actually a long story for my for my poor English. So I just <laughs> make it short. Yeah, just uh, and, uh, and the other thing uh, which about me is uh, I'm a podcaster in China. For almost uh, six six years, a highly uh, awarded podcaster. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's just I'm I'm trying to do my best, and uh, yeah, I started my uh, podcast Bear Talk uh, uh, in two two thousand and twelve, um, and now it's just released uh, two hundred and eighty eight episodes. So yeah, but not as good as you. So oh, you stop it! Stop <laughs> yeah. it! You've got a much bigger audience yeah, than uh, four hundred uh, than, yeah. than we have. So um, oh, mm. that's good. Well, looking forward to uh, to chatting a little bit more, and you know, uh, in in future, sort of you know, gaining some more perspectives on uh, on China. Yeah. And you know, I think often we sort of look into China from with an outside perspective, but mm-hmm. uh, don't you know don't r- really understand all the perspectives. So it's kind of uh, you know really nice to. 
to uh, to be able to draw into some of your uh, perspectives on on some of these uh, topics. Yeah. So good. let's uh, let's jump in now. There's always lots of news to chat chat through. Um, we've tried to keep it reasonably short so we can uh, dive in and, and talk a little bit about China and about uh, Sky. Yep. Um, but uh, f- first up was uh, a story that um, uh, one of the team here uh, at, at Gorilla uh, had mentioned to me that was uh, was in the media. Um, Craig, Craig Harris, who's been on the show before, um, passed this one on. And look, it's a, it's a situation where we've got uh, apparently some sort of a name uh, suppression uh, issue uh, that's been uh, been been picked up. And uh, actually, the the interesting um, uh, yeah the the in- interesting situation is that this is sort of a a, a bit of a, a technology uh, crossover. Um, into name suppression issues, and you know, I guess we're we're aware in the past that sometimes, uh, the, you know, courts have um, have insisted that uh, somebody's name be you know suppressed in a you know particular uh, case, and then using whatever mechanisms that that information has leaked out anyway, even though maybe the mainstream media uh, haven't haven't covered it. Um, in in this case, the uh, the the scenario. Uh, that we were alerted to uh, is basically one where you've got two defendants and one was having uh, was suggested one should have name suppression uh, the other should have the name suppression lifted and uh, the uh, I guess the the request was that actually they should both stay uh, suppressed because if one name got released then by searching for that person Actually, uh, people would be able to figure out who the other person uh, was because of what some of the search results were, uh, which is kind of an interesting yeah. scenario. We haven't seen anything quite like this before, uh, but we've certainly seen you know names leaked uh, when when uh, you know the judge says that they shouldn't, and then other things that sort of get passed round through sort of you know online back channels, shall we say? And where was this? Where was the where was the court? Order or the suppression. Uh, so this is this is a New Zealand case. Now the okay. um, the the link that I originally had seems to have um, uh, seems to have uh, broken. So I'm just trying to uh, trying to find uh, I mean, the, the the full details on it. But this was a New Zealand uh, uh, you know New Zealand situation, and yeah, you know I guess you know we don't have too much control here over what uh, what Google does and doesn't show. No, that's true. I mean, that's the thing about the laws. The government they govern the country, so all of the media here might play ball. But the search results that Google and because of the intelligence that sits behind that search engine, which is great and makes all of our lives, you know, much easier in many ways, it does create these other moments. And um, hopefully, we might come on to the piracy story because that's one of our issues: is that actually when you start to search for things, the autocomplete and the power of that search engine will immediately lead you to places that you know legitimate service providers don't think you should be and I think the name right. suppression one is quite interesting you're right because they search on one and up, up pumps the other name so I mm. think it's a really mm. interesting way of managing kind of traditional legal means and media with these global tech giants and the power of those search engines 
I imagine yeah. beer in China, this will be different because you know the the search engines and what what happens online there uh, is is much more regulated from you know a government you know perspective, right? So you know yeah. if the government uh, you know felt that there shouldn't be a result that was being uh, shown, then they you know they have a, they have a lot more a uh, lot more control than we you know than we tend to have in uh, you know mo- most other parts of the the world. Yeah, I think it's on, on two sides. Uh, we uh, we uh, on the first first layer, we we thought um, uh, China government uh, controls all the informations of of internet in China, uh, uh, which actually is quite uh, quite true because um, uh, any sensitive political uh, informations will be reviewed by the government first. But uh, now um, now on the second layer is that uh, people in China. Uh, is already know there are two uh, two things on internet. So if you try uh, try to search with Google or uh, with other search engine outside chi- China, you 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 will find totally different result. So um, uh, or so that they blocked entirely. Yeah, or, yeah. So yeah. so it's yeah. it's just like um, in China, like Baidu. Uh, they, uh, it's uh, it's a search engine in China, and they. Uh, they they will um, try to uh, change their way of um, of uh, of display to to make sure that the top uh, the top result is uh, selected by some uh, by some purpose. But I think uh, um, from a technology uh, perspective, maybe it, uh, the name uh, suppression is is, is hard uh, in internet age, but it could be easier in the. Uh, blockchain age because ah. uh, uh, later when we adapt blockchain uh, uh, like uh, in, uh, uh, the, the whole internet will uh, move it into another level so uh, the, all the things are decentralized so it could be uh, a, a, a better future for us but right now it's just yeah it's just you have to get used to the the, the, the real thing, the real world. It's mm. interesting you talk about blockchain because I've been asked about that before in the you know the anti-piracy content protection space and people yeah. seem to think it might have legs but I don't have the technical expertise. But I'm mm. really interested when you talk about the, I suppose, the censorship piece, whether yeah. you've had any issues with podcasting mm. with the topics you're covering or maybe it's, it's not as um, full-on as that in China. Um, I think it's... Yeah, uh, in podcast content. Yeah, no, I was just wondering if you've ever had any issues or, you know, you've done podcasts and people maybe, you know, if they've got these this kind of oversight in China, uh-huh. I wonder if it creates yeah. any moments or Have you had the military police turn up after you've recorded a podcast, Pierre? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to, <laughs> no, no. to get involved to that scenario. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's kind of, uh, it's also, uh, when I'm doing podcasting, I'm, uh, uh, there are some, some sites uh, they will use my uh, audio uh, content and without permission from me. Mm. But uh, as a uh, personal podcast, I, I don't have ability and time to 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 stop it. And which I think probably it's, it's also not that bad for me because uh, get more people to and you to distribute it free anyway, right? So if somebody else yeah. redistributes your podcast. Yeah. Although you would prefer to control yeah. that, the, the uh, it's, not, it's not quite the same. Uh, you know, although it's you know sort of copyright to yeah. you, 
it's not the same as though uh, you know you were you were making a, a living based on every person that yeah, listened. It's uh, it's um, of course podcast content. I think is um, it's just for free, mm-hmm. and the only thing uh, that uh, concerns uh, uh, I have concerns about it is I, I don't have any traffic or uh, analytics mm-hmm. about the audience who uh, the the feedbacks from them, and if I'm doing something. Um, uh, uh, some some content for commercial, like if I sell some webinars or online courses, and it will be uh, yeah, I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I will become very uh, curious or, or serious about uh, uh, the the piracy. Yeah, you mm-hmm. want to know the you want to know the stats for every every you know every download, and so yeah. if somebody else is mm-hmm. is copying it, distributing it through another mechanism, you don't actually know how big your your own audience is, and yeah. So that's true. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. And um you know talking of um of podcasting in China and and you know even here because you know I imagine you want to keep going back to China. Mm-hmm. Do do you know is there a level of sort of caution that you have to you know carry with you when you're talking on a podcast while you're in China or even here mm-hmm. where you would just think through what perspectives that you share Knowing that uh, you know anybody could be listening into the content, is that something that would go through your mind or go through minds of, of others that you you know when they're you know communicating publicly? Is that is that the reality? You just have to sort of filter what you're saying to consider. Uh, you know, there, there might be some things that you would discuss you know quietly one on one with somebody in a private context that yeah. you can't do on a podcast. Would that be? Yeah, actually, it's everyone have has to think about what they are saying in China uh, publicly. Uh, just just, just got a, uh, a filter in mind about uh, everything about politi- uh, politics or uh, uh, if, if, if the topic is quite sensitive. So uh, people will choose not to talk about it publicly. It, got it, uh, it might get them in trouble. So uh, as a Podcaster, of course, uh, and and I found it's uh, it's quite limit limit our uh, our uh, ability to to express. Right. So, so yeah, here in New Zealand, we talk about freedom freedom of, of speech has been debated, you yeah, know, recently yeah. with some really extreme views, uh-huh. um, and you know, and I guess now we're you know we're we're in a uh, you know we're in a world where where what said. You know, it might not be that the government com- comes down on you, mm-hmm. um, but there's certainly a lot of public opinion if you say something that a lot of people don't agree with. Yeah. Um, but you've got you know the the broader extent of uh, of mm-hmm. the role the government plays in there as well. Right? <laughs> yeah. Different yeah. pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a ch- it's a changing world. Mm. Um, okay. Now, and the um, the next thing we had was some. Um, Huawei and uh, ZTE, who have been uh, banned from uh, supplying technology for Australia's new mobile network. So, uh, you know, we're expecting to see a 5G mobile network uh, get established in, in Australia, likely ahead of us here in, in New Zealand. They're, they're talking, uh, you know, 20, 2019 for that. And, uh, you know, we've got Spark and Vodafone sort of talking about 2020 here. Um, but the big difference between Australia 
are in New Zealand is here in New Zealand, uh, Huawei, for instance, have a lot of network infrastructure uh, mm-hmm. within New Zealand already. Uh, and yeah, there's, there's, you know, I haven't heard any uh, any suggestions uh, about sort of you know uh, limiting the involvement of Chinese companies in uh, in New Zealand's uh, networks. Although I, you know, I know that there are. Um, you know, we I hear comments from time to time from varying channels where people, you know, feel feel that we should. Um, but yeah, in Australia, it seems as though they're um, they're looking to draw a reasonably uh, hard line to uh, to block out uh, Huawei and uh, and 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 ZTE from uh, from being involved in this uh, new fifth generation uh, mobile network. Yeah. What are your thought, the thoughts on this? Because I understand that the one of the uh, one of the reasons for this uh, is legislation uh, in in China uh, that requires, I, I guess, lo- local companies to um, yeah, potentially release uh, you know information. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, in New Zealand, we have a look at our networks here. So, you know, our, our our uh, mobile providers and look they they're forced to also um you know share certain information uh you know if there's a if there's a you know a, a court assigned requirement or a police request to uh capture a text message something like that and these are being used quite legitimately mm-hmm. uh to you know, I guess um yeah prosecute uh you know, people in the past who you know most people in New Zealand would would agree probably uh, you know should have been uh, prosecuted, you know, murder type situations and so on. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, quite, they're probably quite different uh, hmm. in the, in these two cases. But um, yeah, w- how do you feel, yeah. uh, you know, as as uh, you know, Chinese person around this sort of uh, you know these barriers sort of put being put up to Chinese companies? Hmm. And we've seen sort of similar uh, things happening, you know, in the US, particularly under the current. Uh, yeah. Uh, government, you know, uh, re- regime under uh, under Trump, where things have been sort of, you know, much harder for Russian and Chinese companies to uh, to do business in in certain areas of the tech, tech yeah. sector. So, as a Chinese, I think uh, to uh, to talk about this topic, uh, we have to answer two questions. First is what is five generation, the uh, fifth generation, the five G. What what's that? Uh, what that means? What, why it is so important that uh, that Australian government banned it? From uh, from from Chinese co- uh, companies and uh, and the second question is why Australia? So yeah, it's a uh, uh, this this these two questions are quite interesting because uh, I did some uh, I I know nothing about five G at first. So but uh, then I uh, read some articles and find um, uh, it's it's not just as uh, as three uh, G uh, to to four G just uh, just faster and or wife it's not not as simple as th- as that so uh, it's basically about uh, in, in, uh, if we adapt 5g uh, machine can talk to machine so it's like uh, the machine could be a requester uh, to request data directly from machine not human machine interaction uh, which means uh, like um, uh, like uh, take Tesla Tesla car, for example, now they have uh, heaps of sensors all around their car. So uh, while uh, they are doing uh, auto driving, um, uh, if there are people or uh, other cars, uh, they will detect in environment. But it's just uh, based on sensor. So uh, with 5G, uh, that that means uh, 
the, the other car could have uh, could have a five G and they can talk to each other. So uh, this car could know the speed of that car and it could uh, avoid um, traffic accident and could improve our lives in a uh, in a fundamentally way. Mm. And it's just just one uh, one case. So I think that's why uh, all the countries like uh, U.S., U.K., uh, Canada, Australia, uh, China, Japan, they are uh, Korea, they are all quite keen to, to, to get a place in 5G. Mm. It's, it's quite competitive. So this, this is uh, from a technology perspective. But the second thing is, uh, why Australia? Because Australia, uh, the, the prime minister of, of Australia, uh, uh, he's, he's quite... Um, I don't know how to say that in uh, in, in English, but in China, uh, everyone said he's ridiculous. You know, <laughs> because uh, uh, last year uh, he said something in Chinese publicly uh, that which uh, which Chairman Mao said years ago, uh, decades ago, when mm-hmm. uh, when uh, when uh, China it, it established uh, their government uh, in 1945 that. Uh, which means uh, Chinese people now stand up, and he, uh, the government, uh, the Prime Minister of Australia, he said it in Chinese that Australian now stands up, stand up. Uh, the so this, this quite I, I I'm I think it's just uh, about politics, so political reason. But uh, all the political reason uh, in my perspective are. Uh, uh, the source of it are economy, so mm, uh, mm. all about money. So yeah, that's all, I mean it yeah. always plays a plays a big uh, part in it. The other thing with the five G uh, networks is we you know expect there to be much more sort of smarts or you know computer processing that actually happens sort of you know towards the edges of the the network or sort of really inside the network rather than you know people using the network to get to a particular uh, server or a particular place that we'll have a you know a lot that actually operates sort of within the realms of the of the network, um, so there's some you know quite interesting yeah. changes uh, from that perspective. Sophie, do you yeah, have I mean, I suppose you, I have to I have to land back to where I am and and uh, what I know and just think about um, you know any technology has the ability to communicate yeah. cross borders and it comes down to that the contractual arrangements. Um, yeah, there's good old fashioned trust, um, and I think that to try and block companies that have great technology because of an underlying political or other, otherwise fear, I'm not sure that's the best way to necessarily manage it. So I don't think it's a particular problem that New Zealand has, Huawei, and we have this network infrastructure here, because I, I suppose I kind of trust the, the way the contracts work and the way the system works to you know, protect us, and I suppose how much value is there in that. So I find it a really interesting uh, approach by the Australian government. It'll be interesting to see how it unfolds as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's certainly going to be a, 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 um, an impact for them when they uh, they have to, uh, you know, exclude uh, the Chinese companies. And you know, we've we've only got to look at our um, ultra fast broadband uh, versus what what uh, Australia has. And you know, they've taken a very very different approach. But in terms of the amount of you know the billions and billions and billions that they're sort of pouring into, you know, delivering uh, something that is. 
um, yeah, pretty disappointing compared to what we have here in New Zealand. And yeah, you wonder whether this decision may really sort of stifle uh, innovation or you know, at least push up what they uh, uh, what they end up having to throw at it um, in terms of investment. So yeah, it's a it's a and is it uh, a real interest, fair interesting it, one to yeah, watch, right? Exactly. You know, will their will their uh, mobile networks in the future be as poor as their broadband is uh, yeah. today because of this decision? Well, you know, probably not, but there there will be there will be some impact, and whether it's a small impact or a, uh, or a, or a large one, mm. you know, that that's something I guess we will we'll see over time. But you know, if you were to if you were to ask, you know, ten years ago, you know, how do we think New Zealand will be in our sort of you know broadband compared to Australia? Um, you know, I don't think there would have been too many people would have pr- you know predicted just how different um, they are. Now, um, a few other things I just want to have a quick uh, quick chat about. Um, Microsoft Surface Go that has just uh, just launched in, in New Zealand today, or they've had a, a sort of a, a launch event for that. Uh, very interesting to to see because Microsoft have had you know got various uh, you know their various tablets, their Surface Pro product and their Surface Books uh, have been you know pretty popular out there and uh, you know multi billion dollar uh, business for them, but they haven't really had anything that sort of you know I guess competes. Uh, with some of the lower cost or the, the yeah the the lower cost iPads, uh, um, yeah you can they they got uh, I guess emulated with um, Apple's iPad Pro to some degrees. You you know you, you could say with the Snap on keyboard and you know the stylus, which wasn't something we uh, we had sort of expected <laughs> Apple to uh, uh, to do. Um, but now Microsoft have brought this down to a much lower price point, so starting at around seven hundred dollars. Uh, in New Zealand, and then you pay for your accessories, for your keyboard and your stylus. So you know, it it, it does build up. But uh, look, I had a, you know play with uh, with with one of them today, and you know it looks and feels like quite a re, you know responsive device. They seem to be putting a really big push into the education market with this as, as something to be used in schools. And you know, I think the the, the skew here in New Zealand is very much towards Google uh, for yeah. the technology that's used in our schools towards the Google Cloud. Uh, Microsoft were a bit uh, were a bit but slow there in the education sector, and you know there's certainly a chunk of, of schools that are uh, that are using Microsoft Cloud uh, as well. Um, but it, it's I guess likely here to be those, those schools that are already uh, in the Microsoft direction yeah. that would uh, that would be looking at this. But you know, I can also see you know, a number of other uses for a, uh, a and you know a, a, a tablet that's a bit lower cost, a little bit you know smaller. And um, you know, probably not able to replicate everything that your main computer will do, but as an extra sort of device, which tends to be how people use their iPads and mm. and their iPad Pros. There aren't too many people that would you know use an iPad Pro in the same way people use a Surface Pro as their entire computer. Um, but but this seems like a reasonably smart move. Sounds sounds good. Anything that runs Word and is light touch and things. Obviously, got an Apple in front of me today, yeah. the Pro, but. Um, I think that sounds ideal. I've got two nine-year-olds who in the next couple of years are going to need to get access. And actually the school they're at is Microsoft. So, right. yep. And mm. you're right, the laptop prices are not weren't that compelling, to be honest. The Google Docs and that option was much cheaper, but they'd run out. We're a bit late. So I think that sounds quite exciting and mm. something that's light touch. And hopefully I can get a super strong case around it so it won't break too easily. Sounds positive. 
Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Bear, have you uh, yeah, followed the, the surface <laughs> products? What, yeah, what's your no, <laughs> to no. be honest, yeah, because I'm a typical Apple guy, uh, you know, iPhone, <laughs> MacBook, and iPad, something like that. So uh, I, uh, I'm not quite familiar with service, yeah. uh, surface, but I think it's always good to have more options. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. it's can, uh, it's uh, make it uh, with a uh, good com- competitive competition for, mm, for that mm, so mm. yeah it's if it's just uh, you, uh, or you can choose uh it's ipad it's it's just make uh, apple become more lazy about new product developing so which is uh now they are doing not as good as they are a few years ago so yeah i think that's that's good mm. uh, we, we can have more options for that yeah mm. yeah no I, th- I think it's you know good good move on microsoft's uh part and you know, look, some of their lower end uh, surface products before haven't performed uh, very well. This has is what called the, the chip in it is called a Pentium Gold, which mm. is uh, a reasonably ob- obscure uh, chip, but it is a you know it's lower power, so you get plenty of battery life, but it's certainly not sort of the the, the sort of power that you know you might expect in a in a professional product. It's uh, you know it's a it's a step down, um, but you know probably quite suitable for you know lots of of basic basic uses and seem pretty snappy the one i uh, i tried out today um other gadgets just to to cover off uh the samsung uh, galaxy note 9 uh i've had a good couple of weeks use of of that and uh did put a little video online about it uh last week uh, I, I guess you know f- for me this is it's very much sort of a productivity uh, device it's you know got all the, the things that people are used to from Samsung's Galaxy S9 which is a you know a really really nice phone uh, but you just then add on that sort of convenience of the of the mm. stylus you know, and you can use that for you know even because it's Bluetooth now you can use it to remotely trigger a, a selfie or a photo uh, <laughs> and you can use it to advance four PowerPoint slides so you can use it as sort of clicker if you link it oh, into really? a projector and oh, you want to cool. run a PowerPoint or, or you know whatever um, you know other uh, presentation program, then you can you know you can do that off the phone, and uh, the the other bit uh, you know as well as a crazy amount of storage that it, that uh, you know it's got you've got that option for a half terabyte of built-in storage, and you can wow. upgrade it to to a full terabyte. Uh, as a fact, you can just you know link it up to uh, a big screen and use it as a as a PC of uh, of sorts if you hook in the, the keyboard and mouse, uh, and that seems to work pretty well. So you know I, I use that uh, the other day I sort of forced myself to not use my uh, 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 laptop and uh, and just use that and look there are there are limitations there are things where you've got to get workarounds and things that are that are that are different but for those scenarios where you don't have your you know full device with you it's kind of nice to uh, uh, to be able to do a a, and you said it charges super fast as well yeah, ch- charge it. Well, it's got wireless charging. Yeah. It's got fast charging. It's this got a good. big battery, so you get you know, long mm-hmm. battery life out of it as well. Um, the the only the only uh, the, the the sneaky thing uh, was that um, they are releasing dual SIM versions in some parts of the world, um, but we we again miss out on that sort of stuff here because of it, I guess because of our telcos. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those that are very keen on that, I'm sure there will be a a route through which you can uh, find that with parallel imported models and uh, uh, and and so on. But um, look, overall, a very uh, very nice piece of technology. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then the other uh, the other gadgets um, that have sort of come onto my radar in the last few days were uh, uh, DJI with their Mavic Two, and um, their you know, I guess their sort of closest com- competitor uh, in the drone space, uh, another Chinese company, uh, Unique Y U N E E C. For those who are not familiar with them, um, they announced a, uh, a drone last week that that looked like it you know, potentially could be quite a worthy competitor to um, to DJI's um, Mavic and Mavic Two. Um, what's the other one? Mavic Pro, I think. Um, and the standout for it was it had much longer, you know, battery life. A lot of these drones are sort of around, you know, fifteen minutes. Oh. And so they were announcing, you know, their one was about thirty minutes. So it seemed really good. Um, but the but the one thing that uh, this new one from Unique, the Mantis Q, um, doesn't doesn't have that DJI have is is the sort of you know collision detection. And so um, I don't know about anyone else, but when I try and fly one of these things, uh, there's a pretty good chance that you know uh, if it if it's near a tree or near something that it can hit, then uh, then I'll probably hit it. So uh, uh, yeah, and does it warn you and it disables it, or you still have to navigate it? Well, to the, the unique one doesn't sort of have the smarts to do that yeah. collision avoidance sort of at all. Or maybe if there are a couple of drones, you know, I don't know how good its detection gets on smaller things, but um, you know. Certain but I guess what's happened that that sort of made made up my mind because I was thinking, oh, maybe I should buy one of these, you know, unique ones. We'll have to see what uh, DJI come out with. Well, they, you know, they've announced and and launched their new Mavic Two. Well, it has sort of similar battery life around the half an hour, but it has the collision detection and so on. Yes, it's quite a chunk more, but uh, you know, I think. Uh, I'd probably step up to uh, to get the get the Mavic too, so that I'm less likely yeah. to. Is it on your to, Christmas to crash it. your Christmas list? You think? Paul? I, I think it could be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Note to all listeners. Yeah, yeah. I think it's two different two different market. I think. Yeah. So DJI, they they uh, they just aim for professional customers, and uh, their products with a high definition camera mm. and really uh, high quality for and. A long-standing uh, bat- battery, but the other one, uh, Unique Mantis, I think it's uh, especially for Asian market is quite uh, quite a smart move. Of course, you know uh, all Asian countries we are crazy about selfie, you know, <laughs> I- including India, Japan, Korea, China. I think it's yeah, global. It's, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like <laughs> everyone, it's every girl and every boys. Uh, all the the most common things you 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 see, seeing on the street, they are they are doing selfie. Mm. So uh, this could be a, a new way, a, a cooler way to to do a selfie with a drone. So right, because yeah. the 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 uh, the unique Mantis Q has this ability to control it through yelling, waving, yeah. smiling, whatever. You know, it's got a number of detections. I don't, I don't know. Um, whether that voice control, uh, you know, works through the remote, or you know, because drones can make a bit of noise and also get a long way away from you, so yeah. um, that's kind of you know curious to have that voice control uh, element to it, the ability to sort of wave and yeah, trigger videos and yeah, having these things sort of follow you. There's there's some quite nice capabilities, aren't there? So yeah, yeah if you are, I guess, in the markets, worth worth having a look at the latest from hmm. uh, from both companies. <laughs> Now, um, Sophie, on to uh, on to Sky. So, yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of <laughs> curious because look, um, 
there are lots of things that we could that we you know that we could have talked about to do with Sky, where your technology's going, and so on, and um, all in the right direction. And, there you go. <laughs> and uh, but it was suggested that the first person we need to talk to was you, Sophie. <laughs> so you're the very first person from Sky TV to come on the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm very excited to be here. I don't have tech in my title, but you never know. Could be something in the future. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm keen to sort of, you know, hear what, you know, what it is that's got you, um, you know, excited about Sky and really, you know, talk us through, uh, you know, the importance of um, of your role and, yeah. and, you know, obviously the things that have been going on uh, we've heard about in the media uh, recently in terms of uh, Sky taking on those that have been, uh, been selling... Um, uh, little boxes to little uh, to, boxes, to, to try yeah. and access uh, Sky without paying. Yeah, and uh, you know you've obviously had some some success uh, in the in the courts there. And you know why why you think that's uh, that's so important? Well, look, it's my pleasure to be here. Um, I am here to predominantly talk about content protection. Why? Because I'm incredibly I love content. Right? I think it's one of life's joys. I think we should celebrate it. But actually, it takes a huge amount of effort to make great content. So there's a lovely stat around Game of Thrones, one of the most pirated shows on the planet. Um, But from the page to the screen, they talk about 3,589 people being involved in that process. Now, that's a tremendous number of roles. And I think people tend to think about piracy or it doesn't really matter. It's just me sitting at home. It's a simple click of my finger victimless crime it's only Hollywood studios well actually it's not it's all of those people who are involved so and actually it's not just about movies or TV series it actually impacts one of our um, prized possessions in New Zealand whether you like rugby or not this actually does impact our codes as well so um, I'm here to talk about that on behalf of, of Sky but also because personally I really care about it and I do think there needs to be a conversation in New Zealand about this but the Fibre TV decision mm. which came from the Christchurch District Court recently was about the these little code boxes which is this little box that plugs into your TV and they were sold on the basis that buy this don't pay for content ever again content will be free and I do feel bad for people because they actually paid over $350 and and those you know boxes when you look at the the tech that's inside of them uh, are worth a fraction of that right in terms of the the, the actual box right and uh, you know um, yeah recently I've been using a little um, uh, this was the Amazon uh, Fire TV stick and look that thing's 30, 30 US dollars you know does a similar you know yep. it's got a similar technology in it um, you know fraction of the price yep. and so you know there's there's been you know I guess a number of parties that are basically pocketing uh, a whole lot of money for um, you know for selling you something that's worth basically worth a fraction of the price yeah and, um, and so people were misled right so the yeah. district court said Fair Trading Act Consumers shouldn't be misled. They shouldn't have been selling this. So, look, we're, we're excited about that decision. And I suppose that was Sky looking at what it could do onshore. We talked about kind of how the local laws work. You know, the next step for us is to think about, well, um, these pirate sites that you're talking about hmm. who go and steal the content, that's what it is, they're based offshore. They're both based in different jurisdictions, servers all over the place. So your traditional legal means of going to court um, – isn't going to work. So, um, you know, the next step for us is to look towards 
site blocking. Now, late last year, there were obviously some conversations in the press. I don't know if people realise, and that was Sky starting to have the conversation, but um, with service providers because actually they're key because they're going to help give effect to this. You know, site blocking is about a court-ordered process where you prove that sites like the Pirate Bay mm. are not set up for any other purpose than to sell stolen content. You know, it's a great business model if you can do that. Uh, give it away, um, and they make all the ad revenues from it. Um, so, you know, that's been a, an important thing for us to to start to look at, to work with our colleagues. We talked about the telcos. They're the ones who can effectively give effect to this. They're not in any way in the wrong, but they're the ones who can actually, when I search for the Pirate Bay, up pops a page that says, hey, you're not able to access the site because actually it's selling, it's, you know, it's giving away stolen content that's what it is. It's not about blocking the internet. It's not about censoring. It's just about that, that type of conversation. And we, and we think it's really important because, and I will give you a little personal anecdote from the weekend, Paul, yep. watching the rugby at some friend's place. And, uh, you know, they can afford to pay for TV and things. They have means. And we got into a conversation about what movies are you watching? Um, and uh, even though... <laughs> <laughs> they do have Sky in the home. Um, the comment was made, no, no, I'm not pirating. I'm using Putlocker. Now, Putlocker is one of these sites, torrent sites, and they're, um, they're giving away stolen content. They're making ad revenue from it. And the only people who are benefiting are those criminal networks offshore. So that's why uh, we think it's important going forward that we're going to look at site blocking again ideally in collaboration with the ISPs and that's a process we're going through at the moment mm-hmm. um, yeah so it's just stepping back to the the Cody boxes yeah. because really you know I don't think sort of you know publicly that had a lot of attention in the media uh, until Sky started sort of you know taking these things to court and <laughs> And putting out press releases, whereas now I think, you know, the name Cody Box has probably, you know, become much more well-known, um, But you know, be- because of that. So that is quite an interesting yeah. dilemma on your part. And I sort of, you know, wonder when, when some of these things sort of go to court and, and get that attention, whether it has a side effect of actually promoting uh, these mechanisms, you know, maybe much more broadly. Um, you know, I totally you know understand what you're saying around yeah, uh, like you know the the false claims and so on. But how do you weigh that? How do you weigh <laughs> that side up and decide should we just should we just let this go on because not causing too much harm? I mean, I guess in the case of um, uh, the was it a couple so, yeah, of different yeah, uh, so you know, I think companies box, that were that were selling these yeah. Um, they were claiming some pretty big numbers too, right? So was that one of the key triggers for you? Because at what at what point do you decide? You know, it's worth pursuing this particular thing, or you know, somebody's uh, you know maybe holding their phone to their TV for a stream that other people are paying fifty dollars to see, and then they're sharing it onto you know Facebook and so on. Because that was another one where you know there's sort of a feeling of well, I wouldn't have thought of looking on you know Facebook, or a lot of people wouldn't have thought of looking on Facebook for streams. Mm. But once it was in the media that oh, Sky's going after people for this. <laughs> Everyone jumps on Facebook and says, oh, well, we don't have to pay Sky because uh, we've heard all this coverage that we can uh, watch it free on Facebook. Well, I think I think you're right. It is part of the challenge. And actually, the objective here wasn't about going after the individuals. It was about these, you know, the MyBox case in particular. And I obviously wasn't there when the decisions were made. But 
there were outrageous claims being made around, and you know the numbers that they're selling, so you can't sit back. And also we knew that consumers were going to be misled. These right. boxes now, we've been trying to do a demo in the office. It's very challenging because there's been so much disruption offshore of these, you know, these preloaded boxes. So the sites that they track to, they're no longer tracking to. So people actually aren't able to see the content. So you so bought a box and you can't get your free Sky TV. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Disappointing. So, yeah. So I think that actually from my perspective, and I did this in my prior role, this is a bigger conversation than Sky. Hmm. It's a much bigger conversation because it's about of value. And I just don't think we can readily accept the, the normalisation of what is theft or engaging in it, even though it's very easy and it's at home and it's a simple click. So actually that's where the, the education and forming and comms piece is absolutely critical because it does come down to consumer choice. Yeah, yeah. look, I mean, uh, yeah, there's so many aspects to this discussion <laughs> and, you know, a couple of things that, that uh, well, w- you know, one, one of the things that, you know, often comes up is, look, if... Um, you know, if it was just easier to access this content mm. in a legitimate way, then we would pay for it, right? Yeah. I mean, I hear that from so many people that, that I talk to. And look, um, you know, for me, I know enough people that have been involved in uh, or are involved in the production of music and uh, TV and film and so on to, um, you know, to, to feel as though, Look, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, back these people um, by paying for content where where I can pay for it, um, and so you know, look, I on this one, I probably do stand uh, a bit more on Sky's side than you know than I would have on some other <laughs> other discussions to do with Sky from time to time. Um, but there are lots but, of great services, right? Yeah, the, I mean, and and cost look, it's. Uh, I guess it has got easier to get mm. content in New Zealand than, than what it used to be. And I know having, certainly when we had these discussions a few years ago, you know, we didn't have Netflix in New Zealand. We didn't have Neon. Um, you know, we didn't have, we didn't have Lightbox, many choices yeah. at, at all. Um, yeah, we're, whereas now we've got Lightbox that you're promoting now. Thank you. Um, Look, I'm I'm on the side of, of content protection, yeah. so that means celebrating all of the legal yeah, services yeah. where Which however you consume them. So yeah. and that they are reasonably priced. Yeah. Going forward with the new platform that Sky is um, gonna be launching in the new year and then next six to twelve months I think the time frame is the Cisco Infinite Video Platform. Some marketeer needs to come up with a better name potentially. <laughs> but it is about making sure it's really easy for consumers. Yeah. Whatever the content is they want to watch to put it onto that one platform and I suppose the other aspect is you can trust these platforms you can trust that the content's being curated because we're subject to New Zealand laws and you can trust that when you're watching it you're not bringing any kind of malware into your home and I think this is the other part of the conversation that doesn't get raised very often yeah, but I, th- I think don't it's know as, about. As, a, as, a, as a really good one that you know, people wandering over into some sort of you know darker places on the on the net looking for content right? yeah. um, you know can get sucked into um, you know all, all sorts of uh, issues from a from a security Standpoint. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a fair one. I guess there's also the aspect, though, of just of, um, yeah, for those that, that are 
comfortable with accessing content through these sorts of mechanisms um, that it just puts you more offside with with a group who are going to you know shake their fists even more <laughs> at, at Sky TV so you yeah. know there's just an element of, of a, you know upsetting people and pissing them off because of you know that you're going out and trying to block things and we know you can't entirely block anything and, and shut it down right so yeah. well, it's, you, it, but you think it, it's worth doing it, I, we do think it's worth doing because the overseas experience says um you know, the results are impressive. You're absolutely right. There's a spectrum. There are the, you know, the people who will always circumvent and will say, you know, the internet needs to be free. This, you're right, site blocking in that context isn't going to work for them. But actually, for a big majority of people, some of whom don't know that they're actually looking at pirated content, we think it is a really important tool. It's used in over 42 countries in the world. And in Australia, the recent review they've done, they've seen that actually visits to the key pirate sites has dropped by 50%. So it's quite impressive stats by quite a simple measure that we're hoping won't be troublesome for our ISPs to implement. And um, yeah, and we do think actually, you know what, this is an important conversation to be having. And we're having it with our broadcast colleagues. So, you know, at TVNZ and at MediaWorks, um, also with Spark. So it's an ongoing conversation and, and um, we think it's really important. So that's why we're going to lead the charge on it. Hmm. So what's 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 next? <laughs> what's next? Well, actually, there is some really interesting research I just wanted to pick up on that we, we looked at how many people are pirating and um, just on the site blocking point, of those who admit to being regular pirates, 44% of them say they would still support some form of blocking because actually more should be done. They kind of know it's not fair. And... Um, you know, there is still, piracy is still very prevalent um, and a lot of people are doing it, some of them unwittingly, others knowingly. Uh, one of the stats that we've come up with, which is deeply concerning, is 8% of New Zealanders are regularly pirating live sports streams. So it's 300,000 people who sort of think, oh well, that's fine. And I suppose our overall message on that is, hey, stop for a moment. And I, I'm not just talking about Sky's bottom line, I'm just talking about the talent, the people involved in this industry, you know, um, it takes time, it takes effort, and it does take investment. So um, we're hoping does, that Kiwis want to play fair. But doesn't and that just acknowledge cater, to, it? cater to, you know, different people at different points? Like, if, you know, we, we were uh, chatting before we started, I think, about iFlix in, uh, mm. in Asia, who have got a, a Netflix or a neon like sort of service yep. that's a fraction of the price because you've got, uh, you know, the, the economies in some of these countries, Indonesia and uh, so on, aren't, uh, aren't such that people would, would ever pay, you know, what we pay for sort of streaming. So, yep. you you know, isn't isn't there a, a, an aspect of well, for, you know, for those um, you know who maybe can't afford to f- pay the full price of Sky yeah. or something that, that that this gives them a sort of a, a a way of of being on a more level playing field so that they can still watch sport even though they don't have the money in their pocket because they're you know they're 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 struggling just to you know feed their families. I do. I look. I un, I understand that those those economic drivers and they're really challenging. I'm not going to say that's easy to solve. Mm. Um, one little plug. So FanPass, which is our sport online sport product, is now on mobile. It's six, you know just under sixteen dollars a month. So we think that that's quite a big shift. Yes, it's the smaller screen. It's probably on the sort of uh, you know crouching around uh, your. Well, you'll uh, be surprised in my household. We all we all seem to. No, I understand. So look, those things, but we do think there are um, a bigger tranche of the population at the moment who 
we need to have a conversation with. Mm. And so that's why the comms piece, you paid, played our new virtual reality game, Copycat Combat. It's just about engaging the public. It's not about taking people to court. Um, and we're going to be taking that around schools and to sports clubs and getting people to play so we can talk to them. And Bear, um, I think you got more points than Paul on the game <laughs> before yeah. this podcast. So well done. Yeah. Does, does that, You're a better content protector. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Uh, we had a VR game uh, before we started uh, podcasting today. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like a warm up. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, cool. Look, I think yeah, there's lots that we can we can talk about on this. Look, what I really I might appreciate come back again. Is, is that yep. you know um, Sky is certainly you know communicating. Uh, you know, I think a bit you know a bit more now with uh, um, uh, you know I guess the community on some of these things and mm. you know I hope that that will uh, you know that will continue um, there's obviously other discussions to have around where the technology is going and you know we'll look forward to having some you know further chats with some others within sort of sky on some of those aspects sounds good um, and the feedback you know um, from your community is important because actually you know that's how we get better so um, thank you for letting me um, share some of those thoughts. Yeah, no, that's good. You've you, you raised some good things. Were there any, anything that you wanted to add to that um, uh, discussion, Bear? Yeah, yeah. It's just like um, uh, when, while you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, piracy and same thing in China. And like Game of Thrones uh, and other uh, American TV shows, which is also quite popular in China, even though there is no, uh, there's, there are no official uh, um, uh, products in China. So, uh, so based on piracy and uh, and um, a sub subtitle group, which uh, helped a lot uh, to translate all the uh, subtitle mm. uh, for uh, uh, from English to Chinese, so that uh, China o- uh, audience can can understand what they are talking about, and they are they are so developed that. Now, uh, for Game of Thumbs, uh, when uh, releasing uh, in America, maybe just a few hours later, there will be a, a high-definition version, Gosh. and you can download uh, from, from China. Um, and uh, But I, I noticed that, uh, which uh, Sophie said, uh, uh, one point is it's very important that um, uh, you, uh, you, may, you might got something illegal from that content. Uh, even that content is... is uh, Originally legal. Uh, let's uh, let's give an example that uh, Game of Thrones when they uh, release it uh, from the piracy uh, website, uh, the first one, the first version of that of that um, content uh, will add something uh, will guide you to some gambling website mm. or other uh, illegal website, and it's probably will. Uh, you you may lost a lot of money or uh, security problems, mm. uh, will, something like that, and mm. you don't know if there are some frames they will add something. So there are some. It's it's kind of like um, uh, you, you don't know because because uh, before that I've heard uh, a girl uh, download some uh, romance uh, TV shows and watch that, and uh, during the. During uh, during uh, w- while she's she's watching, she was some horrible. Oh frame. Yeah. yeah, so they splice some other yeah, content yeah. through. Just, You're right. Just, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like a, uh, a practical joke or something, mm. but it's really it's really 
feels not not good. Yeah, and and I think so that, that, that sort of control sort of get yeah gets lost, doesn't it? When mm. yeah, uh, and you've got no sort of point where you can go back to 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 address that when it's you yeah, know, it's just being uh, being. Uh, co- yeah, coming through those channels. Yeah. The criminals don't yeah. care what you're what so, you're watching, right? So I think yeah. uh, people, if there are uh, uh, accountable provider and with uh, with uh, uh, not cheaper, just a co- uh, uh, reasonable price, mm-hmm. uh, people will willing to pay that money for 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 the good content. But uh, the other issue I'm thinking about is uh, at this age, uh, the the boundary between uh, uh, consumer and uh, creator, it's blurring. Mm. So uh, it's it's like uh, in 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 media uh, industry, uh, this is probably not a big issue because uh, the, uh, the the content are created by uh, professional groups of people. Mm. So with with a large budget of money, and but for uh, for other uh, individual creators, it's it's quite tricky to to. Uh, to to deal with piracy and uh, it's it's kind of like a, 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 a it's uh, developing too fast uh, to 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 catch up to take on so so yeah it's, that's quite it's quite an interesting um, thought because I think we you know we usually think of of piracy and its and its impact on big you know big media organizations yeah. nameless faceless corporations <laughs> that are, you know that are a million miles away and we don't know anybody that works for them and we certainly wouldn't have those people uh, sitting across the room in our <laughs> podcast or hang out and chat to them at all um, <laughs> but you know when it when it's your mate that's producing some content or you know a family member or a friend then it's you know starts it's become a, a, a you know um, a little bit easier to relate to, doesn't it? And yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, I guess we have to realise that uh, look, yeah, there's there's more and more people that are involved in the you know in the content uh, process, and there are uh, you know lots of livelihoods that are that are involved. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to you know actually put together the the number of people in New Zealand um, you know whose livelihoods are directly tied to some form of media. You know whether it's something as as um, you know every day as as sort of the the news, mm. um, whether it's live sport, whether it's uh, you know, TV production, and then music, all of the yeah. other many areas that mm. are sort of in between with music and you know caterers that are you know looking after film crews and cleaners and you know there's just so many jobs and you know just looking you know locally uh, you know that, that tie back to these things and you know obviously the uh, the more uh, piracy there is then you know the, the the pressure that sort of you know puts on across the across the sector that's exactly um, right it isn't it's not just a big faceless faceless corporation it's actually individuals yeah. and a lot of them are behind the camera so you don't necessarily see them but their roles are absolutely vital and uh, you know I, I've been along to some of our sports matches we all take it for granted the way highlights put together the talent of some of these guys and the speed with which they do stuff in their decision making is awesome. So um, yeah, that's that's what today is about to have that conversation from our perspective. And I think it'll be really interesting at some stage, Bear, you mentioned blockchain, yeah. to kind of see how that will work because maybe that for individuals will actually be a bit of a transitional moment. Yeah. I know it's a little ways off, but yeah. you know, it's a, it was really interesting that you mentioned that because I have heard about it. Yeah, probably before, can, so. based on smart contract, so, mm-hmm. so that uh, individuals can sell uh, their content. They can control yeah, it, can't they? They can control yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, it will be a, get the benefit uh, of their effort. That's yeah. what we like. Yeah. 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 Much better future. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, um, we've run out of time for this episode, so. Um, 
you know, we'll probably be keen to have have you back there to talk a little bit more about uh, you know China at, at some stage because I know we had a, a yep, couple of other things we were, we're keen to chat about. So um, we'll we'll have to do that again. And um, so thank you for for joining the show. Mm. Um, now, if people want to follow you online, where do they? How do they track you down? Is it sort of Twitter, uh, LinkedIn? Where where are you easiest uh, to, yeah, to contact? The easiest way is uh, to find me on LinkedIn. So uh, just search a bear Liu. Uh, B e a r l i u and you 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 got me there. Excellent, excellent. And Sophie, thank you very much for uh, for coming in. I've got more, Paul, that I can uh, share. So I might be back. I'll be banging down your door. And uh, I'm only on LinkedIn in terms of social media. But, um, you know, if anyone wants to email, they certainly can or get in touch. Uh, Very happy to hear direct feedback too. So, look, thank you very much for for having me. That's great. Well, it's it's been, you know, it's been good to have the the conversation and, uh, you know, look forward to further engagement with uh, with Sky. Um, You know, because realistically, you're an absolutely key player in, in our media segment now. Now. And um, look, things are changing, but you know we we want uh, you know to hear what's happening, and you know hopefully things keep going in uh, in, a, in a good direction here. So sounds good. Thank good you. Good stuff. All right. Well, thanks everybody for uh, for listening in. Uh, you can track me down on online uh, across Facebook and uh, LinkedIn and Twitter at Paul Spain, uh, and uh, we'll be back in with another episode next week. So we'll catch you then. Thanks everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.